Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now you've found it. This is Alan Smith's Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world, with your hosts, Alan and Donna Smith, focusing on driver health, careers, regulations, and the important issues facing the industry. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Ask the Trucker Live begins right now. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Ask the Trucker Live Open Forum. Hope you're enjoying your July 4th weekend, celebrating 241 years of America's independence. I'm Alan Smith, along with Donna Smith, and today is July 1st, 2017, and we have a great show for you tonight, an emergency show that we actually threw up pretty quick here because this this, uh, topic tonight is so very important. The show, as you can see, is called Say No, FAA, Anti-Trucker Bill, and ELD. So there's two major trucker issues right now affecting trucker wages, ELDs and the last-minute FAA reauthorization amendments that the ATA has urged lawmakers to slip into an aviation bill. Have you heard about this? The amendments are the Fisher Amendment and the Denham Amendment. The ATA vowed last year that this was their main priority. And what was the reason? To keep driver wages low. If the amendments are allowed in the FAA bill, the Federal Aviation Administration, it will ensure that drivers will only be paid piecework wages and nothing more. All detention time, waiting time, paperwork, doing your paperwork, pre-trip, post-trip, washing your truck, whatever, will be expected to be done for free. So I would say that most the percentage of truckers out there know about ELDs and the mandate getting ready to hit this December requiring trucks which meet specific criteria to operate with an ELD on board. But ELDs, of course, they synchronize with a vehicle's engine to automatically record driving time, therefore able to enforce the hours of service rule, the HORS, the HOR. But unfortunately, I'd say that only... I don't know, maybe less than 10% of drivers know about the significance of provisions in this uh, FAA bill, which is about to be voted on in both the House and the Senate floors right after the July 4th recess. So it's pretty vital that we stop these anti-trucker provisions from being added to the FAA bill. The attempts to uh, add these amendments to important bills have been tried and failed in the past, and we've talked about that on previous shows, but this bill this time is the FAA reauthorization bill, which will come to both the House and Senate after the July re- uh, recess. It's not the bill itself, per se, but the amendments which are being attached to the bill and what they can do to trucking and, more specifically, truck driver wages. So to summarize it, if the amendments are allowed to stick, truck drivers who are fighting for driver wage reform can pretty much just forget about it. 
basically the amendments will enforce that drivers will only be paid their piecework wages or cents per mile as we know it and nothing more. The marketing being used to uh, promote support of the amendments in the bill to others, including drivers, are the words meal and rest break. So drivers have been made to believe that uh, that <clears throat> under the impression are the uh, – where am I at? Drivers have been made to believe and are under the impression that they'll be forced to take additional time off for rest breaks. You have your phone on, Donna, because I'm getting a feedback there. That never happened before. Oh, you can have it, but you can't hear? Turn it on. Can you hear it? Because I thought I heard my Hello? back there. Because I can hear you. Okay. Well, we'll see. Uh, so let me get a, let's see, let me get a, uh, Pat here for a second. Hey, Pat, you there? Yes, sir, I'm here. And uh, oh, are you it at- did get kind of squirrely a little bit there, the audio, but it sounds good Oh, now. yeah, we were having some problems. I can finally hear now. I wasn't be able to hear anything. And uh, Okay, but you're hearing me You're hearing me okay, huh? Yeah, your your audio got a little squirrely there for a minute, feedback, but it cleared up. Okay. All right. Well, let me just continue here then, because what I was saying was uh, most drivers, they believe they're under the impression that they're forced to ta- they're, they will be forced to take additional time off for rest breaks, when in fact they can waive the rest breaks but are still entitled to the pay. And as a matter of fact, in certain states, Drivers are to be paid for all their time, and that is why the ATA vowed in 2016 that these provisions must be passed into such as amendments in the FAA reauthorization. They want to ensure that drivers continue to be paid their piecework wages and nothing more. But we'll get into the FAA and the ELD mandate to be in effect this December 18th in more detail during the show. So. Uh, I tell you what, let me look at things over, make sure everything's uh, squared away here. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back and uh, get get the uh, show rolling. Uh, hold on. You're listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Alan and Donna will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. This is Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. 
To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at askthetrucker.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Ask the Trucker Live, our open forum tonight. Uh, everything seems to be working okay, so we're just going to roll along right here. Tonight we're highlighting two main issues, and uh, we'll open up the lines here in just a little bit. The FAA reauthorization bill with amendments to prevent truckers from hopes of real wage reform, such as getting paid for all-time working, including detention time. So uh, we'll be having uh, Pat Hockaday on the line tonight, and he's done a lot of research on driver wages as well as the attempts of the ATA to preempt state labor rights in order to ensure drivers are not paid for all time. Another hot issue is the ELD mandate, which is to, to, to uh, take effect uh, this December. And as most of you know, OIDA uh, started a lawsuit with the DOT and lost in the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. And then they then appealed their case to the Supreme Court, and on June 12th, the Supreme Court announced that they would not hear their case, so the decision remains in favor of the DOT. And now, OIDA sought to have the uh, mandate struck down in court, arguing that it violated drivers' constitutional protections against warrantless searches and seizures, and that the uh, rule did not meet congressional stipulations set for an ELD mandate. So needless to say, the ATA praised the decision of the Supreme Court. They stated, we are pleased to see that the Supreme Court will not interfere with the implementation of this important and congressionally mandated safety rule. So uh, there's, that, there's that word about safety again. So uh, Now, we also have a trucking advocate who's going to be with us later this evening, Scott Reed, who is continuing the fight against ELDs, among other trucker-related issues and is preparing and coordinating a national protest in Washington, D.C. He and fellow trucker and recording artist Tony Justice have created the ELD or Me movement on Facebook, and Scott's going to be discussing more about himself and Tony, their ELD or Me group on Facebook, their, their, uh, their fight and the details of the protest during the show. And uh, Donna, they started ELD. ELD or me on Facebook like May and what they're at like 15,000 members right uh hold on I'll go look I'm I'm looking at it right now I'll let you know I think it's closer to 16 it's got right now it's got 15,664 members in just two months up so that's incredible yeah so that kind of tells you about the on fire about this ELD thing but I tell you let's start with the FAA reauthorization bill coming up for vote in both the House and the Senate after this after this July 4th break. And I can't express to uh, all the truckers out there enough the seriousness of this bill and the poison amendments which are sneakily being attached to it. And really, in my opinion, they are just, just plain poison. So before we get rolling here with Pat and everybody, here's, let, let us give you a little history of how this bill came about. Uh, driver's wages specifically those paid piece work wages, or CPM, haven't really gone up since the 80s, and drivers are feeling the high cost of living increase. So they're spending an average 30 hours a week just waiting and doing other work, which, is, which they're basically doing for free and not getting paid for. 
And they've been talking about being paid for these extra hours, such as detention time and other non-driving time, for, for quite a while now. And there are states, such as California and Washington, who have labor laws which do protect their employees, expecting employees to be paid for all time. And drivers are included in those laws. Uh, the ATA and other organizations say they should not be protected by these laws and that drivers, by law, should only be paid peace work wages. So what's their arguments? The Federal Aviation Administration Act of 1994 is what they use, which we'll explain. So here, Donna, do you have the words in the 94 yes. FAA? Yes, I do. And so these are the words they're using from the Federal Aviation Administration Act of 1994, which they claim back up why they don't want drivers to be paid other than piecework wages. Okay, I'll um, I'll read it. I I have it here. Um, oh, and by the way, everybody, if you want to call in, the number to call in is three four seven eight two six nine one seven zero. And if you want to be part of the show, you have to click one on your keypad, and it puts a little um, put your hand up, and it lets us know that you want to be part of the show. So that number is three four seven. 8269170 for all those who are listening online if you're listening through your phone you already know it just click one okay um this is the um the portion uh in the FAA authorization act of 1994 that they're using um part C transportation by motor carriers section 11501 is amended by adding the following new uh, subsection. Um, basically, in Section 3, a state political subdivision of a state or political authority of two or more states may not enact or enforce a law, regulation, or other provision having the force and effect of law related to a price or service of any motor carrier. And um, that's, that's basically, you know, uh, they're just saying that you can't, that we should be able to preempt state, state law. So, um, yeah, so once again, because of state labor laws, doors have been opened for drivers to be paid for all their working times. So the carrier would like to put an end to this by creating new law reinventing the meaning of the Federal Aviation Administration Act of 94 and changing the original intent of Congress, which was created to deregulate freight rates within the states. It was not created to preempt a state's rights to prevent them from having their own labor laws. Right, Donna? Yep, that's that's the way you know I get it. So, anyway, so this is what the that's what this is what the ATA is trying to stand it uh, stand on. So this law was put into place to ensure the deregulation of freight so that states uh, would not interfere with freight rates. So the high courts have agreed with this, and the Supreme Court has refused to listen to the carriers who claim that the law was meant to not interfere with how drivers are paid. So in essence, the law cannot preempt state labor laws which protect employees. So That's according, though, to the, um, that's according to the, to the courts. Uh, including the Supreme Court, I guess, who didn't right. even want to hear it, right? Right, the high courts and the Supreme Court. Okay. So uh, so 
So after carriers lost case after case of trucker wage lawsuits in federal courts, the uh, trucking industry decided to bypass the Supreme Court and go straight to Congress. So don't forget, it was Congress who got ELDs put into law. So the ATA and other industry groups' ultimate focus and goal is to oppose drivers being paid for all-time work. They are attempting uh, to do this by manipulating the original intent of Congress in the 1994 Federal Aviation Authorization Administration Act, Title VI, Section 601, which was meant to deregulate the aviation and trucking industry. So the ATA and others in the trucking industry hope that Congress's provisions added to the bills will be passed and state labor laws protecting trucker wages would be preempted by federal law. That is their goal. They have openly stated that. They do not want state labor laws to force them to pay drivers for all time, period. You know, we're just, that's the truth. And they failed to do, uh, they, uh, they failed to have the amendments added in 2015 and 2016. Their first attempt failed in um, the FAST Act, right, Donna? Yeah. I got my, I yep. got my facts right. You the got FAST it. Act, uh, transferred the uh, FAST Act transportation bill. That was 2015. And at that time, the Denim Amendment was attempted to be slipped in at the 11th hour. I know we, a bunch of you out there remember that. And then they attempted again in the Federal Aviation Reauthorization Bill in 2016, and again it failed, and the wording was not included in the final bill. So now, just this week, both Senate and House committees have passed their version of the FAA Reauthorization Act and amendments, and once again are attached. So both of these bills will be moved to the Senate and House floor for vote after the July 4th recess. So that's not a lot of time for us to notify our representatives. So now the bad news for truckers, if that's not bad enough, is that the Senate committee passed Senator Deb Fishers, she's a Republican out of Nebraska, they passed her amendment which contained an anti-trucker language, state preemption with meal and rest language. So this amendment will prevent drivers from ever being paid for all time as it would preempt state labor laws. The meal and rest break language is um, really, Donna, just a smokescreen of confusion, really. I don't know how Well, yeah, started. because, you know, I think they, they um, what they do is they they tell drivers, they're going to have to stop for all these extra breaks and this and that. But, you know, the fact is they don't have to stop for them. They just get paid for them. And um, the labor laws in the states say if you're working, you have to get paid in our state. And um, that's that's pretty much, you know, causing a lot of problems. Uh, I mean, they just don't want to do it is what it is. And, you know, they'll say, well, you know, we got to keep up with all these different laws. Um, well, no, you don't. Just pay drivers for all their time, and that'll cover all the state's laws. I mean, that's just the way I see it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say that, you know, at this time, HOS and ELDs are affecting driver wages. So, you know, if if you're on board, say, you need to. You just need to say no to these provisions in the FAA reauthorization bill. They're trying to sneak it in once again, and this again will prevent any hope for drivers to be paid for all time. So just say no to the Fisher and Denham amendments. You can call two zero two 
224-3121 and uh, speak to the representative and say that you say no to these Fisher and Denham amendments. And, and you know, I just want to add one thing. Um, in the committee, it appears that um, Senator Fisher, she added the uh, amendment right to the committee um, FAA bill. Now, from what I understand, the um, it wasn't added. The amendment wasn't added to the House Committee bill, which I think it was um, Transportation and Infrastructure Committee of the House. It wasn't added in there. However, when that bill moves to the floor to be voted on, uh, Congressman Jeff Denham, who's a Republican out of California, is expected to once again offer his uh, amendment at that point. Um, He was the first one to introduce this in the FAST Act. Uh, It was the Denim. You had created a video back in um, Mm -hmm. 2015. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway... Uh, a lot of the a lot of the uh, other senators and and um, and, con- and um, representatives uh, voted against it, so it never really made it in the Fast Act. But you know, this time with a heavily um, populated uh, GOP Congress, the um, ATA is very very confident that this time they'll get it passed. So. We really have to um, push push our senators and and representatives because let's face it. I mean, from what I can see, I think Overdrive did some kind of a um, a poll. I think like seventy percent of truckers uh, were Republican, and they need to call these these guys and tell them, listen, we voted for you. You know, not to uh, you know hurt us but to help us. So, um it's it's really disheartening and I and I feel bad. Uh but it's and 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 it's it's ironic that it it failed um the other two times because I know there were some Democrats who really fought this and said it was unfair. So we need to tell our our Republican representatives that, you know, listen, we voted for you and and we think this is really unfair. So, um, and then explain why, explain why. So anyway, um, okay, that's my spiel, Alan. Well, no, I mean, that's exactly right. That's the number to call, 202-224-3121. you got to remember the Fisher Amendment and the Denham Amendment and the FAA reauthorization bill. That's what they're trying to slip those two into. So, again, the intent of the 1994 Federal Aviation Bill was designed to prevent the state's regulation of freight, not to regulate state labor laws. And uh, the circuit courts and the Supreme Court has stated this regarding lawsuits between motor carriers and drivers many times, and every one of those many times the carriers lost. So now the trucking industry wants to bypass the courts and just go directly to Congress. Now, the Fisher Amendment in the Senate committee bill, the main argument for this amendment or the need for uh, a preemption of state provision is to ensure nationwide uh, uniformity of meal and rest break standards for motor carriers. In other words, 
so that there are not too many different labor laws among states for the carriers to keep up with. So in my opinion, that's a weak argument. So, you know, we have a suggestion uh, to ATA and the carriers, just, just pay drivers for all-time work, and you won't need to worry about slight differences among state labor laws. I mean, pretty simple. But another problem is how should drivers be paid for their time waiting, such as detention time? Uh, perhaps it should be calculated as the average of what the driver makes per week according to how many hours he or she works. So, for an example, if a driver grosses 1500 a week, and work 70 hours, his or her hourly detention pay would be 21.43 an hour. But uh, that's uh, just a few ideas to kick around. If you have an idea, you can more than welcome to join the show. 347-826-9170. Again, Pat Hockaday has done a lot of uh, research on this, and uh, we'll bring him up here. Pat, just kind of keep rolling here. So, uh, <clears throat> Pat, we kind of gone through a quick history there of everything but i know you've been involved in this and everything what's uh what's what <laughs> where do you want to jump in on all this mess i want to reiterate what donna just said because it just hit me as she was saying it but the last second at the very last second right before they're ready to vote on this we expect jeff denham to be able to slide this in there will be no time to talk about it or to discuss it. Seconds before they pass their vote, it's going to get slid in here. This is how desperate they are to get this passed. This goes right. way beyond mill and rest breaks. This goes to California labor law. The CTA, California Trucking Association, part of the ATA, has tried repeatedly to alter California labor law starting back in 2000, and repeatedly they have failed. Arnold Schwarzenegger said himself, I will not sign this if it comes across my desk because there's no reason to alter the way our laws are set up. If we allow it for the transportation industry, all other industries will want variances or, or exceptions to the rule. What we have is good and sound. And you know what? California labor law is good and sound. This is the example that should be used statewide. To heck with that. If they're going to pass a law, why don't they use California's labor law as, as, as the law to pass? Number one, um, all this mill and rest break covers up detention time. California requires that uh, drivers be paid what's called nonproductive time. I'm reading right here, paragraph four. Employees shall be compensated for other nonproductive time at an hourly rate no less than the applicable minimum wage. Nonproductive time. California is a peaceworker state. Now, if I'm waiting out and picking strawberries out in the fields and I run out of baskets to put strawberries in and have to wait till they bring me baskets, I'm supposed to be paid for that time. This applies to trucking. We are peaceworkers paid by the mile. If I'm told to be at a loading dock at 8 o'clock and I'm there and I don't leave till noon, I'm supposed to be paid for that four hours, none of this two-hour free stuff. I'm there doing my job, period. Pay me. Um, this mill and rest break covers all that up, and that's the true uh, intention of the ATA. 
Um, I was listening. I'll go ahead, Donna. Yeah, I was just going to say, Pat, and you know what? They they have the drivers all nervous saying, well, do you want to have to stop every four hours and take a 10-minute break? And, of course, the drivers, you know, I mean, they don't want to stop. They want to keep rolling. And they're like, no, we don't want to do that. So uh, the, the fact is they don't have to stop. They can waive it. They, and But they're going to get paid for it anyway. Uh, but they just don't have to stop. And as far as the 30-minute meal break, well, that just could coincide with the 30-minute break that they have now. I mean, well, it's it's pretty much the again, the same thing. Well, again, it's at the option. It's it's at the driver's discretion. An employee may volunteer to work through their break. What is a break? That's collecting ten minutes pay for doing nothing. Okay. Right. So generally, right. if an employee works through their break, the boss man throws another ten minutes on at the end of the day. It's not an issue. Um, meal and rest break. But let's back up. California labor law requires that these breaks be made available to the employee. It does not require that the employees take the breaks. Here's what's hanging up the carriers. They are getting sued, uh, all these uh, class action lawsuits, because they denied their employees the break and then did not pay the employees for working through the break. California labor law, I'm going to read here again, um, uh, Section A, for employees compensated on a piece rate basis during a pay period, the following shall apply for that pay period. Number one, employees shall be compensated for rest and recovery periods and other non-productive times separate from any piece rate compensation. So that means you get paid at an hourly rate on top of your mileage rate. Then at paragraph two, the itemized statement required by the subdivision of this section shall be in, in addition to other items specified, like I said, hourly and separately. Okay, you're a peaceworker. Um, you're getting paid by the mile. If you work through your break, you're collecting the money that you're making while running miles. The way this is set up is that for every four hours, the employer is to add an additional 10 minutes of pay to your paycheck. doesn't mean you don't have to take the break. You're going to get paid 10 minutes for not working just like all other employees in all other industries. This is a no-brainer. Um, Concerning the uh, meal break, yes, California requires that a meal break be made available to the employee within the first five hours. Again, the employee may choose not to eat lunch now. Maybe I'll wait till I get to the truck stop to eat lunch. When the employer says no, keep working, whether it be through the break time or the, the lunch break, the employer is required to pay one hour's pay as a penalty. Now, this one-hour penalty can only happen once within the work shift. So they don't pay an hour for the morning break, an hour for the meal break, an hour for the afternoon break. One time per work shift. You know what? If that load's got to get there and they need you to work through your lunch break, they can afford 10 minutes, what, what, what would that be? At $40, at $60 an hour, 
that would be um, ten dollars. Ten dollars for you to work through your your break, or it would be thirty dollars for you to work through your lunch break. You know what, what's the problem here? You know. Well, um, I think I think kidding. the biggest, in my opinion, it's the confusion. Well, it's two things. Number one, the awareness of this bill. I mean, this was slipped in what a couple of days ago. Yeah. And and Alan, who would look at an aviation bill? You know, exactly. I mean, exactly. to, to yeah. look at a trucking regulation. I mean, they did this before in right. 216. So um, the the other problem with the with, – there is going to be a lot of arguments I see. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, the Senate <clears throat> doesn't have the privatization part in that aviation bill. And uh, the House does. So they're going to be – probably fighting over that and they probably don't care about these trucking amendments you know they they look at it as is insignificant and and unless the drivers call and notify their representatives that this is in there this amendment is in there it's coming to the house floor it's coming to the senate floor and the amendment needs to be scratched that's it it, it has no business being in uh, and uh, the the FAA bill, uh, absolutely not. And the the intention of when Congress, I mean, you said it like three times, Alan. The intention of the 1994 aviation bill uh, was to to make sure that the states were regulated with their freight. So they didn't, you know, there was the deregulation that was going on, and they didn't want states to interfere with that. Right. I mean, and now they're pushing that to mean, and and the courts really got on them. They said there's no way that this means Congress meant this to to preempt state labor laws. I mean, I can, and the go ahead. The I Supreme Court wouldn't even hear it. Right here, the Ninth Circuit held that generally applicable background regulations that are several steps removed from prices, routes, or services, such as prevailing wage laws, are not preempted, even if employers must factor those provisions into their decisions about the prices that they set, the routes that they use, or the services that they would provide. Um, this is uh, Diltz versus Pinsky. The, the, the and that's court, the, the, the Supreme. That, the, go ahead. Yeah, this is Ninth District that the Supreme Court uh, would not hear. The court thus held that California mill and rest break laws are not preempted because they are not the sorts of laws related to prices, routes, or services that Congress intended to preempt. Instead, they are normal background rules for almost all employees doing business in the state of California. And again, if you look at that that article uh, with uh, um, Senator Fisher, they're saying, "Well, we want to create uniformity so that we don't have all these, you know, uh, different state laws." Well, that's fine. Good. Just just pay everybody, and and then all the states are happy. Whatever their uh, th- their law is about payment for rest breaks or this and that. I mean that's really the easiest solution 
to use, Wal- and, and you won't Walmart. have any any problems. The Walmart lawsuit last year uh, in favor of the drivers fifty what fifty five million sixty million dollars something like that, and the drivers have this attitude. Well, they make more than minimum wage. Wait a minute. Walmart was paying $42 for the 10-hour break. That's only $4.20 an hour. California minimum wage is $10.15 an hour. So Walmart should have known better than this. So I come back, and you know, and there were other issues, uh, uh, pre-trip, post-trip, fueling, this, that, and the other that the drivers weren't paid for. Well, you know, well, Pat, for Walmart, a long time, for a long time, drivers have been complaining about all these extra hours. I mean, uh, the ATA study themselves or or the TCA study actually said that drivers end up working 30 to 40 hours a week extra on top of their driving time. And, and I mean, I don't know another industry that does that. So this piecework, and it's going to be worse with the ELD. I mean, I, I, can you imagine... You know, with that, and of course, we'll get into that. I mean, I think Scott's holding on the line now, and he's yeah. going to talk about uh, his ELD, him and Tony's ELD page and their movement and everything. But uh, it, it's just going to get worse. So this is all just a big smokescreen uh, to make sure that drivers are not paid for anything more than than their driving, uh, than their miles. Well, That's yeah. it. You know, Walmart drivers make anywhere from eighty to a hundred thousand dollars a year. So a Walmart, and, and you know, bear with me here. It's a Walmart advertises their drivers get their thirty-four hour restart at home. So let's just work off simple numbers: five days, five days at work, two days at home. Five times twenty-four hours, hundred and twenty hours. One hundred and twenty hours times fifty. $15 an hour is $1,800. $1,800 times a 50-week work year, $90,000. All they had right. to do was pay their drivers for all time. They would have never gone to court. Never gone to right. court. Right. Well, that's another so, issue, too. Um, if, if driver, I mean, carriers can do it that way. I, I think what it came down to and it was a show that we all had with um with alan jerry fritz and you and i don't know if it was the one with joe but uh it it came down to if you were going to do the cost of living from the 1970s and 80s till now drivers would be making about ninety thousand a year and that's exactly you know and that's even a little less than what walmart pays but that is taking into consideration the cost of living. So uh, really, if you're paying drivers the wages they made in the 80s and you're still not paying for any kind of detention or other work, no no wonder you have a driver shortage. I mean, people catch on qu- pretty quick, and that's why there's a 100% turnover rate in this industry. So bottom line is you pay people well – and they're going to stick around. So, anyway, that's my And if my they don't do sense. their jobs, you fire them. You right. fire them. If I hire a crew and a man's not worth his keep, I get rid of him. Um, 
you know, we can't play this game. Drivers are going to be screwing around. you got an ELD in your truck now. They know if you're screwing around, do your job, earn your pay, and go home and enjoy your pay. Right. I think, you know, if drivers want to um, call in, there's a little um, a little script. Hold on. I'd have to look at it. Alan, do you have the script in front of you of what to say? Um, okay, here, I found it. It says, um, this is what you should say if you call in your representatives. And, of course, you know, you can you can change this up. But as a trucker, I'm against the Denim Amendment and the Fisher Amendments to the FAA bill, which will nullify state laws that require trucking companies to pay for rest breaks, detention time, and all working time. That's the key thing when you call up. I'm against the Denim and Fisher Amendments to the FAA bill, which will nullify state laws requiring drivers to be paid for all working time. Uh, These amendments work against the interests of trucker rights to be paid for all time worked. They are anti-states' rights and anti-safety. And again, states have rights. They protect their, their employees. And this is just so ridiculous that I can't even believe it. But... Anyway, I, I I just looked over my uh, at Alan's board. Man, you've got a lot of people on there. Anybody with their hand up? Uh, everybody's listening. I haven't gotten a hold of, uh, haven't been able to mark everybody. But, uh, yeah, we appreciate everybody tuning in. And, you know, I didn't have that little script in front of me, Donna, but the thing where you said it's anti-safety because they're always, they always push these things as a safety issue. That's important if truckers can call the Congress the, that number I gave and and turn it around and make them understand that it has nothing to do with safety. You know, we talked about that before, but they're going to have to <clears throat> have the Fisher and Denham Amendment and the FAA bill. Those are the three key words that they're calling for. So just have those amendments scratched, right? I mean, right. And, and and make them aware why. I mean, you have to make a stink about it. Because, um, like we said, they've tried this. They've tried this before. Now they're slipping into an aviation. Bill. Well, not only they slip. It's so last minute and right, right before, uh, right before you know uh, July fourth. Oh, and yeah. who pays attention to this stuff? You know, you can't even um, call anybody on Monday, right? I mean, they're right. they're right. closed. Everybody's busy with the holiday. I mean, it's it's pretty sneaky. It's pretty sneaky. I got uh, somebody here. Let me uh, go up here. Uh, from uh, and uh, and Pat, your line is still open, and we'll get a uh, we'll get uh, Scott in here too. But a uh, caller from uh, state of Arkansas, area code eight seven zero. Welcome to the show. Welcome. I mean, thank you, Alan. It's Idella. Hey, who is this? It's oh, Idella Hanson. Well, hello, yeah. Idella. Well, welcome to the show, Idella. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing I'm doing just great. I'm doing just great. You know. Y'all are being extremely informative, and and I do think it's very sneaky, but what bothers me the most is the word uniformity. Uniformity. In trucking from state to state? Come on. The regulations, (laughs) just just uh, the state regulations from state to state, you never know whether your butt's up or down. 
So mm-hmm. uniformity in the labor laws make it easy? That is a really poor excuse. Really? Oh, poor. It's so weak. It is so weak. But oh, I think it, 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 I think the worst thing out of it all is when they try to scare the drivers, telling them, hey, drivers, you know, you're going to have to stop every four hours for ten minutes. Do you want to do that? They don't tell them that it's, it, it's optional. It's all scare tactics. Uh, yeah. The newer drivers with the ELDs, that, that's all they've ever done. These folks have got the drivers scared to death of the hair on their butts. They're scared to right. death. If I go over three minutes, I'm going to be put in jail. Or they're going to catch me three days from now and they're going to write me a fine. They are scared to death. They've got them petrified that they're going to go to jail for piddling, stupid stuff. And it just it irritates me. They're scared of their shadows, and, and it's a scare tactic. All of it is scare tactics, and in all of it, to be blunt and plain, is crap. Well, we're going to have to. I, I, no, <laughs> I, hey, yeah. I, I hear you. I, I'm just thinking. Now, they're going to get back from uh, recess, and they're going to be, the, the House is going to have this uh, bill on the floor with them, and the Senate's going to have their bill there. And we need to get the amendments off the Senate and the House. Should they not, then they can, uh, what they go for, um, what's that word when they go, all go and they, you know, the Senate and the House um, have a discussion. Reconcile. Uh, that's it. Then Recon- they'll reconcile. reconcile. I think that's when, at the time of the FAST Act, that's when they scr- scratch the Denim Amendment. From the house. Can I from the Can I ask yes. a question? Um, sure. I know that you can call in now. Over the weekend, I know that they're not in there, but can we call and leave record, voice recordings? Can we? Well, call you know that's a good idea because if they go in and they hear a bunch of recordings, that that's really a yeah. good idea. And then because, call you know, back again. Yesterday, yesterday I got one live person, and then the next call I made. I got a recording, and I left a message, so I'm wondering, can we leave messages over the weekend? Oh, I'm sure you Just can. Just a thought. I don't yeah. know that we can. Well, let's well we can try. You we, can try, and it would be, it's, a, it's a really good idea. Like uh, Donna said, if they come in uh, after July 4th, and there's uh, hopefully thousands of messages on there, that would send a good signal. But, yeah, I would, I would think you can, but we can give it a shot. When well, I call that fishes, office. Yeah, and I, I called Deb Fisher's office the second time yesterday. It allowed me to go to a voicemail, so maybe that's possible with a lot of them. And, yes, I did call Deb Fisher's office twice yesterday. Donna called as well, as I understand it. We yeah. were yep. seeking a copy of this amendment. We want to know how it's worded. It seems very odd to me that Transport Topics is aware of this yesterday, Thursday for the radio show, um, and then they have their article out, and they've also put things on the table in front of another morning show, host to read, and we can't even get this information directly from the senator's office. The staffers I spoke to didn't know anything about this amendment. <laughs> wow. Well, that tells you a lot. Well, that tells you wow. a lot. 
they're trying to yeah. slide it through on us. They're, they're slipping a fast oh, yeah. on us. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, exactly. We, we need to tweet. We need to email. We need to call. And, and I'm going to spend all weekend in the motel doing just exactly that. Do I have a voice? Yes, I do. Will it do much? Well, not maybe not by itself. But if hundreds and thousands of us do it, they've got to right. at least pay attention. Oh, well, yeah. ab- absolutely. Absolutely, they will. And I heard, you know, I, I, I read an article uh, a couple of months ago or so. The best way to get results is not through email. It's through phone calls to these people. And okay. I was surprised because I thought, you know, but think about it. You know, they could just look at it and send their little instant reply. But when you have to talk yeah, to someone and you yeah. hear their 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 passion and their problem and how they feel. But the thing is, and like I said, a lot of drivers are not aware of this. They are aware of the ELD, and they're all upset about that, and rightly so. But this is coming up right behind them really quickly. And it, let me put it to you this way. In my opinion, if you're upset about ELDs, you should be upset about this because this is – this is almost worse in a way because this is saying you are not worth anything more than what you can produce for us. To, I mean, does, does that make sense to, to, to everybody? I mean, that's what it says to me. I'm not well, worth yeah. anything unless my wheels are rolling. That's if, right. If, if you sit for 10 hours, just tough, tough beans. You know, if you sit that's for 15 right. hours, tough beans. I'm only going to pay you when you roll in and. That's archaic. Who, it's archaic. Who? I was going to say, on, who sending. gave direction? Who gave direction to the ELDs? Who, who decided how the ELDs were going to be programmed and what they were going to say? Or I should say, who influenced that? The drivers. Well, I'm didn't sure the ATA them. did. It got put into map Darn 21. right. But the drivers didn't influence it to work for, so that the ELD will work for the drivers. Uh, all of this stuff is, is last-minute cleanup before the ELD goes into place. Once the ELD goes into place, it knows exactly how many hours you were where you were supposed to be at that loading dock waiting. It documents it. That gives you plenty of ammo to go back and say, hey, pay me. Federal labor law says I am to be paid for this. I was engaged to wait. See, they're, they're, they're covering up things. They, 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 they've got the ELDs programmed the way they want the ELDs programmed, and the ELDs are not going to work for the drivers. They're not going to be no. safe on the roadways. ELDs are not going to create a safe environment on the roadways because it's missing a key component. A driver has to be able to afford to operate in compliance of the law. Until then, drivers will figure out a way to break the law, be non-compliant, cheat the logbook, cheat the ELD, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They'll they'll figure out a way. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, I don't mean to interrupt everybody. Um, okay, I'm just reading. Um, Scott's on on hold. I guess. Well, let's well, let's bring Scott on. Okay. Uh, and we're uh, he's going to talk about ELD and me and Tony Jess and what they're doing in Washington D.C. But you know, he, he's a professional driver. <laughs> hey, Scott, thanks for holding on. Uh, welcome to the show. 
before we get into you know everything you and Tony and everything, let's let's. Uh, I know you've been listening and everything. What's uh, let's just get your opinion on first. Uh, how how long? How did you get started in trucking? How long have you been driving now?
privatization of it all is not uh, not working out like they hoped it would, and it's failed in uh, those two countries. Okay, so you're talking about privatization now of the um, of of the which uh, is involved air with traffic. This F- yeah, with this F- which is involved with this FAA. Now uh, let me ask you. I didn't watch that on on uh, C-SPAN. Okay. Did they? Did uh-huh. you hear them bring up any kind of amendment for trucking? Because most of the discussions on uh, on the bill are about aviation. I mean, there usually isn't anything about trucking, and that's why it's usually just a little amendment at the end thrown in. Um, do, you, do you remember them talking about this uh, amendment to hurt the, uh, the anti-trucker of, wage? I was kind of hoping that something like that would have got brought up, which is why I watched it. Uh, I didn't get anything like that through there. Um, okay. Which is why, you know, uh, it, it's pretty sad that they got to wait till a major holiday and when people aren't paying attention to try to slide something in to put the screw to us. Uh, well, well what I, I happened, don't agree with that. That's Well, no, and, and that's the way it slipped in because people are so worried about the other things in the bill that they might not take the time to really research what is this? No. So, well, and that's the whole point. And, and there's I mean, and there's mixed emotions on the. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Go ahead, Scott. Okay. The, 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 there's mixed emotions because I did some other research uh, on it too as well. I didn't just watch the video. Um, apparent there there's things in the bill related to drone activity, which you know the a lot of people are in favor of that. Uh, but at the same time, the biggest aspect of this. Because there's a lot of the people from the rural side of it, the smaller airports and whatnot, that are worried about it. So, and then it was also brought up about the uh, budgeting of the situation, and you know, will the budget allow them to do the things that they want to do? And that's the part. And he's for everybody listening. He's talking about the privatization of the um, of the control, right? Air traffic control is. And I think that's what that yeah. is. I, yeah, that that was part of it. That was part of the discussion. It was about a two-hour and 15-minute or two-and-a-half-hour uh, segment on there, and, you know, they covered multiple topics that were involved with this. And for somehow, some way, uh, I don't know why, but apparently airbags are a part of this for some reason. Um, and I don't know for everybody listening, did they catch where – you remember the guy from United Airlines who got dragged off the plane? Did, you remember that big video the, the on uh, – next doctor Yes. Do you know they have something in the FAA now that says once a passenger and – and they said because of this United uh, Airlines fiasco that – uh, that the uh, passengers cannot be taken off a, a, a plane once they're in there. I mean – uh, which which is good. I mean, that would have been a no-brainer. You wouldn't think they would be dragging people sense. off the plane anyway. Um, what was it? Alan, Alan, Alan goes to me the other day, you know, looking at that video, you'd think we lived in a third-world country. No, I said, what what, what what are we, Pakistan or something? What What's going on? <laughs> well, so, and, and, you know, another thing about this deal, too, uh, and I don't mean to interrupt, it just come to my head, was, uh, there's a lot of people that feel that this is going to create a monopoly on the airline industry too, if it gets passed. 
allowing well, bigger airlines. Well, to it's going to cost forty-six billion to do it, and I, I don't understand. You know, I didn't read the details on the cost of it. But anyway, it's in the House bill, but it's not in the Senate bill. So they're probably going to be fighting about that, which may give us a little time to call up senators and and congressmen uh, to make sure that they scratch these um, anti-trucker wage amendments, the Fisher and the Denham amendments, off of the And and we might not have much time because this, if I understand correctly from the research I've done, this uh, this needs to be taken care of by September. So and hey, they're not going to be we they're can on do summer it. break during August. Exactly. Well, we can I, and you know we can do it can as long as it's not done next week. I think you know give us a couple of weeks at least. I mean when the Fast Act came, Scott, they slipped it in in October for a November vote. I think we had like three weeks to get that done. And man, we had videos out. And uh, what is it? I said they definitely made that fast. Yeah, and and it didn't make it in, you know. Thank God. But at the time, we had um, I know Barbara Boxer was a went nuts when she saw that amendment, and I think Peter DeFazio in um, in Oregon, another one. You know, they just said, how can you expect people to to work for free? Are they not entitled? You know, so they really fought for this. I don't know. You know, we're going to have to contact people and explain it to them and get them to stand up and say, no, this is wrong. Well, I mean, and and Scott kind of touched on that too. He kind of jogged me there for a second. And hey, Pat, we lost you, but I know you're back, so your your mic is open too. But because you had asked you had asked Scott if he had heard of this, right? And he really hadn't. Well, he's an 18-year veteran, so how many of them haven't heard? Oh, I know. And that's exactly what they're trying to do is to slip this thing in, and we don't have much time. But we've seen it, Donna. We've seen it happen before. These things can be stopped, but you're going to have to call. Going to be a lot of phone calls. It's going to take a lot of calls this time, everyone. Two o two two that's the number. All you have to do, they ask you your zip code, and then they ask you uh, press 1 for your senator, press 2 for your congressman, and uh, that's it. You know, you get you get them right on the line. It is so easy. And they're going to have to do we, that. We, call them. probably be the best way versus email as well. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We need calls. We need yeah. to give ourselves a pat on the back, drivers. We need to give ourselves a big pat on the back. The ATA has publicly let it be known that it was a fragmented group of drivers that shut this down the last two times. The ATA right. recognizes the power we have. Now let's use that power. Right. We're going to be well, a lot the of ATA, numbers. The, the ATA is kind of... With everything going on with just this and the ELDs and the hours of service, you know, the ATA, whether they realize it or not, whether drivers understand it or not, they really open Pandora's box up right now. I mean, if this doesn't go their way, which I'm hoping it doesn't, you know, it's really going to it's really going to come back and bite them. Right. Well, I, Idella so, had a great thing, Donna, about. Go ahead and call over the weekend, because I, I, 
I'm not 100% sure, but I'm I'm pretty sure you're you can leave uh you can leave voicemail. So let them come back from the July 4th recess and have uh, a ton of phone, ton of messages in there from drivers. That's what we're going to do. But the only way we're going to do that, we got to get it out on social media. We got to blast it out like Idella said she's going to be doing from her room tonight. Right. If if everyone listening told two people, and those two people told two more people, and everybody actually made this call, and it is so easy to make it two zero two 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 four three one two one. Um, it takes five minutes. And if everybody did it and told two people, uh, I'm I'm almost positive. I feel very confident that we can defeat this. But it's the, I remember Jerry Fritz calling up uh, someone in his state, and he said uh, when he spoke to him a long time, and when they realized what it was, what it really was, instead of what it was pretending to be. They were appalled, and he actually voted against it. That's the type of of um, persistence and passion you have to have when you're on the phone to understand what it is, and then to relay that that passion to them. Because most people, most decent people, when they understand this, are going to say, "No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to support that. That amendment needs to be scratched from this bill. It doesn't belong here." This is an aviation bill, not an anti-trucker wage indentured servant bill. Yeah, exactly. And social. I'm just going to say, and social media is the key, along with the phone calls. And everybody listening, remember, you can embed this show. Get the embed code, share this show, shoot it out, make the phone call. And like you said, Donna, we've 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 done it before, and so we we know we can do it. We we just got to get the word out and get these truckers going. Um, and, and, and I you hope know, you have you a large fault. Yeah, Sorry. well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to send the replays out because even if only a hundred are listening now, usually the replays get thousands and thousands. We had our greatest show. I think it's over a hundred thousand listens now. It was an ELD show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. When, yeah. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Probably. And um, and you know people still listen to that show, so I think the fact that this is an ELD show and an FAA show, uh, we should get thousands of thousands of uh, replay listens on this. So we'll just keep putting it out there. Put it in your group, put it in all the groups, and um, on Facebook, and then we can have an embed player on Ask the Trucker and all your websites. So it's easy to get the show out. Um, more importantly, get the number out. There's an article on Ask the Trucker about this, explaining it, and it even has the embed code. The show is right on the article itself on Ask the Trucker, so yeah. you can listen to it right there. And make the call. Got to make the call because I'm telling you, this is this is something else. I mean, this this is if you it, this is a this would be something. And you mentioned it earlier, you don't know any other industry like this, Donna, but really it goes far and beyond that. I mean, this would make this industry the only industry I would know of that would prevent employees from ever being able to to receive their rightly paid dues. Right. And, I mean, when you think about it that way, that's uh, criminal in my, my point of view. Right. And I think once you explain this to the people you call, 
then they understand that too. But anyway, um, so so Scott, tell us all about ELD or me. I'm we were disappointed that Tony couldn't come on, uh, but you know we understand he has, uh, and he's the other administrator and creator of the group um, of ELD or me. Yeah, he's probably out there recording another hit, hit song or something. <laughs> Uh, by the way, while, yeah, while, while we're saying that, um, let's see. He's got a new – what is the name of Brothers, it? I wrote it Brothers down. Brothers of the Highway. Well, they know he's got another? A, another new one, Stars, Stripes, and White Lines. Oh, yeah. Yep. And um, that just was just released, released yesterday ago. at the truck stops. So here we've got, you know, he's a performer, a truck driver, uh, and now a truck driver advocate. So where does he get the time? No wonder he didn't have time to come on the show tonight. He's got to spend a little time with his family. So um, anyway, we're pretty excited about this group and your movement. Who started that group, by the way? Was it you? Was it Tony, or was it a joint effort? Well, <laughs> it's it's. Uh, I had a master plan, and Tony was in my master plan, but at the same time, a fate kind of brought us together at the same time. Uh, after my last trip to Washington, I kind of come to the conclusion, well, it wasn't my last trip. It was the trip before last. I come to the conclusion that we really need to get drivers fired up and get behind this. Um, so I had called for a protest, but I knew that me being who I am, nobody nobody really knows who Scott Reed is. Uh, I've just really kind of evolved here in the last couple months, really, as people knowing who I am and what it is that I do. Um, but I knew that if I got somebody like Tony Justice involved, that, you know, he's a he's a public figure. Everybody knows who Tony is. So right. that was part of my plan. And, uh, you know, we kind of talked a couple times before and uh, about the ELD and whatnot, and then Tony went and started the ELD or Me page um, just because he was more or less mulling things around and he was kind of wanting to see where things would go. That's why he started the ELD or Me page. And I'm like, well, if he's doing this, uh, you know, we need to get together real fast. And I, he had, he, I was one of the first ones that he added on there, and I sent him a text message. I was like, dude, if you're serious about this, you need to get with me. And then he called me up, and he's like, well, here's the deal. He goes, I don't like the ELD. I don't know what you've done. I don't know the facts that you know. Uh, you know, I, I don't. I haven't done anything like you have going to Washington. But, you know, I'm a tool. I have a large following. And if you can use me, go right ahead and do it. And I said, well, Tony, as, uh, as much as I'd hate to tell you that I want to use you, that's exactly what I want to use you for. <laughs> Um, but he said, hey, if, if, you, if you've got a solid plan, let's do this. And I said, well, I I think I've got a pretty good solid plan that, you know, if, if we can get the people on board, we can make it work. So that's well, where it started. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to ask you, you know, a lot of times, you know, people want to know uh, what are the pros and cons? I mean, I know in your group it's mostly all con against ELD, 
Um, but when you hear the pros, because there's a lot of people that love, uh, you know, their paper logs. I mean, uh, or their ELD. I mean, I didn't mean paper logs. They love their ELD. They wouldn't trade them for the world. Um, what are the? Who are those people? Who are those people? Right. What is their? I want to hear. You know the argument. They say they they you know that, well I don't have to worry about you know my hours. It's all done for me. And um, you know, and of course we're gonna we're gonna get into the the cons too because I think safety is the biggest thing. But anyway, I just wanna I'm curious because I, I I don't hear a lot of people for. I mean I see I love them but I don't see why. Well, it's kind of difficult at. I spend a lot of time making sure that when I stop for my breaks, I go to truck stops because where am I going to get my best information than from drivers themselves? Right. And, you know, I go up to the counter and I sit at the counter and I just start asking questions. You know, I don't usually tell them what I'm doing or, you know, or what it is that we're doing or whatnot because, you know, I, I want actual information and, uh, The guys that tell me that they love it are, I'll be honest, as I talk to them, a lot of them are guys that, I don't know how you want to phrase it, and I don't want to be disrespectful, but, you know, they're, in general, be phrased as not actual truck drivers, per se. I hate to say it that way. You know, uh, they're not, they're not, I guess for a lot of us older uh, old school people or, you know, the people that's been around trucking their whole lives, you know, it it was always kind of one of those things that it was either in your blood or it wasn't. It's kind of how it used to be phrased. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've got a lot of, uh, you know, due to the 2008, especially when the economy took a downturn, we've got a lot of guys in their 30s, 40s, and 50s getting into trucking now because they lost their jobs or, uh, you know, that maybe they were involved with technology as far as, you know, programming computers or whatever, but, you know, that kind of took a downhill on things, too, because things have gotten simplified and uh, technology's advanced beyond their their schooling, Uh, you know, so those guys, they don't really know the industry, and a prime example is is I I talk to a driver, and I get this story more often than not, and I won't mention the company he drives for, but... You know, he says, I love my ELD because they can't force me to work any longer than I have to, and I get all kinds of rest and, you know, yada, yada. But then as I talk to the guy, he's got two and a half days to make a 600-mile run. Mm-hmm. And I, I hear this story more often than not. So, I mean, if you don't have to work very hard, then I guess you would love your ELD and But then, you know, at the same time, are you happy with what you're being compensated for at the same time? Uh, Well, that's that's a good point because it does come down to to uh, wages. Part of the reason drivers try to um, get as many hours as they can is a the wages, b if they're an owner operator, company wages. If they're low, it, it it creates you know cheap cheaper freight. So the freight's going to be cheaper. So they have to try to get more, more, uh, more miles. And, well, I, and I then, think, go ahead. Well, and, and on top of that, 
uh, a company driver doesn't have the expenses that the owner-operator has. Um, you know, kind of like I use Swift as an example. Swift has a very large fleet. And, you know, Swift more or less has to make pennies on the dollar to make a profit versus the guy that's got, you know, one, two, three, four, five trucks. Uh, you know, he's got to make more money to co- cover his overhead. And I think, honestly, uh, the, the, the more the most people that I find that are anti-ELD or, or pro-ELD, excuse me, are the company drivers. And a lot of that is guys that just don't understand the industry. Most of your guys that are anti-ELD are the, you know, guys of 20 trucks or less for the most part. Uh, you know, it, it affects their bottom dollar. It affects their productivity. Uh, it, it, it's just, in general, it, it comes down to what knowledge you have of the industry, I think, is a lot of it that makes the effect of the decision. Now, if you told all the company drivers that they were responsible for paying for the ELD, uh, as a lot of companies tell you now, you're responsible for buying your own logbook uh, that were on paper for years. You start telling these guys they got to pay for the ELD, and I think you know, you'd see a lot of guys would say that they're anti-ELD then. And a lot of them don't well, understand the cost that goes into installing these things and to, and to maintain them. Well, I'm just looking at the article Alan put up. The It says ELD... Um, Mandate leads to driver protest. Okay, uh, but there's a section in there about uh, safety. There's all kinds of people who commented on this article. Uh-huh. In this article, and that's the article on AssetTrucker.com. Right. That's the if you go to AssetTrucker.com, that's that article. That's the very first one that's up, right, Don? Right. Uh, I'm looking at it now. So let me see. Um, it looks like the number one reason. And tell me if you find this, too. And I've got a, I'm going to get, Desiree, I see you there. I'm going to get to you here in a sec, if you can hold on. Is uh, the hours of service. It's the 14-hour clock that seems to create a lot of stress. And, it does. And the fact that if you're on an ELD, you don't have any wiggle room, uh, you know, to fix and- Fix your lock. Uh, yeah, you can call it wiggle room. You, can't. you don't have any cheating cheating room is what you're wanting to say. Well, ahead, and, uh, you know, you call it – people can call it cheating. They can call it flexible. They can call it whatever they want. Uh, you know, the, the, the wiggle room, so to speak, or the cheating. You know, I, I sat in front of the Senate subcommittee of surface land and air transportation. And, you know, that really long word that doesn't sit on a business card. Uh But, you know, the ELD itself is a violation of our rights. And that's what OIDA says. Uh Yes. And, you know, in 2012, there was a Supreme Court case that involved, uh, I think it was a guy that had a felony or whatever. And they ruled that you could not install a GPS tracker on his vehicle because it was a violation of his Fourth Amendment right. Now, here we are, hardworking, everyday Americans that are out here trying to make a dollar and provide for the country, and yet it's okay for them to say it's illegal and a a violation of his constitutional rights to put a GPS tracker on his vehicle, but they want to do it for us. And people can argue that it's not a GPS tracker, 
But if you read the mandate, it actually says that it is required to report location at varying times throughout the on-duty status. Right. So in order to do well, that, do you, you have to have a GPS mm-hmm. tracker. Right. So. Well, let me ask you, though. Do you feel that that's even greater, um, a, a con and not a pro for ELDs, than the 14-hour rule? I mean, uh, I, from what well, we read. Well, I guess, is it, is it, I don't mean to interrupt, but I'll ask this question in reverse. Is it right that a work release inmate has more freedom than the guy that is just doing his job that's not in trouble? I think the key words there are a guy that's doing his job. Transportation has been regulated since Roman Empire. There's a need for it. Uh, Railroad, airplanes, everything else. Um. I was I was anti ELD. I'm not going to say I'm for them, but I'm not altogether against them now. I was going to quit. I was going to leave the industry. You're not going to do this to me. And then I realized, well, they can do it because I'm at work 24/7. 24/7, I have to adhere to the FMCSRs. My time is regulated. So, if I'm at work, then I need to be paid accordingly for being at work. And this is kind of what started me on my quest about driver's wages. Um, can we allow a nuclear power plant to not have regulations? Do we, are we going to take regulations away from the restaurants and whatnot? When you're at work, you don't have the freedom to do as you please. You have liberties that the job affords you. And I think there's a big difference there. Um, you cannot put a camera in a bathroom and watch your employees go to the bathroom, but you can put a camera outside of the bathroom door and see who goes in and how long they're there, when they come out, whatnot. So freedoms, am I a personal citizen driving my personal vehicle? Well, no. I am an employee even an independent is an employee. They work for themselves, the carrier. I am an employee subject to regulation. Um, so I have no stop? problem. I have no problem with and I back oh I backed OIDA's efforts to, to do whatever with the ELDs because of the precedent they set. When we allow these things in the trucks, what next? Are they going to have monitors? Am I going to have to wear some type of a wristwatch? We know exactly. the ELD can't. The ELD doesn't know if I'm working on the loading dock or not. Okay. So what next? Am I going to have to have one in my car? Is this just another step forward towards this, uh, you know, automation, you know, vehicle-to-vehicle stuff, uh, vehicles, mile travel, you know, taxes, this, that, and the other? So I fully supported OIDA's efforts. But I, 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 let me ask you this, Scott. What is plan B? What if we, we don't shut this down? And I, I'm going to tell you straight up, I think every employee driver should have one in their truck. I, as an owner-operator, leased to a carrier, I think I should have one in my truck. Even if we knock this down, that's not going to eliminate the carriers from putting these things in our trucks. 
Maybe a, an independent won't have to do it, and that's fine. Got no problem with that. I don't think independents should have to. Absolutely. I don't either. I, think, I don't either. I think the, um, the, the, the big carriers, if you remember, and I'm sure everybody remembers, and Alan, I know you know uh, because we've spoken about it, the, these ELDs started with the uh, carriers that had all the violations and that they were forced to put an ELD in. Am I correct, right, Alan? I mean, isn't it that start, what happened? It, I th- it started with Warner as punishment because they were getting thought. ready to have their authority yanked. Right. Right. You know, and they worked Why? to deal because with the government to allow to do this so that they could stay in business. Now it's got to be forced on everybody. Exactly, and and I think it's wrong that owner operators have to do it. If the carriers want to do it, then then I think that should be their prerogative. But I don't think it should be uh, forced and, on the independent. No, not at all. Let me. Uh, and let and, me yeah, and you want to take? Let, go ahead. Hold on a second. Let me jump in here and. Um, Desiree's been holding on here. I want to get try to get everybody in. But first, uh, uh, let me say uh, hello and thanks to our listeners. I haven't got everybody labeled, but Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, Oregon, California, Florida, Missouri, Connecticut, New York, New Mexico, Michigan, Mississippi, Louisiana, New Hampshire, and that's as far as I got. But thanks for it. thanks to everybody for listening and and uh, spending this time with us here. But let's let's um, let me grab. Uh, I'm, Pretty sure this is Desiree, and uh, trying to get her in here too in the conversation since it is an open forum. But Desiree, if that's you, welcome to the show. Your mic's on. Hi, how are you, everybody? I'm listening <laughs> oh, to a really good right. conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's me. I was just listening oh. to everybody. It was a really good conversation, and and um, you know, I don't have. I I was kind of listening to what everybody was saying about the ELDs. Um, that was something, you know, the thing about Werner and stuff. I don't think a lot of people know that history, but, you know, Werner promotes that as the pioneers of this new technology rather than... Yeah, they were forced to do um, it. They they were forced to do it. um, I hate to do this, but may I interrupt real quick? Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I apologize. I don't mean to interrupt you, Desiree, but... I want to make mention that Warner put out this PR release, more or less, on social media. Uh, there was a person that was involved in an accident, and the person had the accident, got with their driver manager, and told them that they did not feel well and didn't think that they should be behind the wheel. But they were told that they needed to drive anyways and was more or less coerced into driving. And then they make this sign and put it on the truck that's wrecked, saying that we are about safety and that Warner cares. I just wanted to throw that out there. No, it makes a difference. (laughs) That might have been the story Desiree was going to tell us. Sorry. (laughs) Was that your story, Desiree? We're good. (laughs) No. No, I'm glad you told it. Uh, I'm glad you told it because this is exactly how – the history of stuff gets twisted around and they spin it back, seem like they're, you know, leading the pack in the industry and um, bury all of this sort of dirty laundry. And this is where we're at now. Uh, My, my, I was, I was only going to call in really about the, um, 
the social media aspect of the FAA reauthorization, but then you guys went off the, on this topic, so I don't well, want to take you away from it. Well, no, no, go, that's okay. Yeah, because we had we had mentioned, you know, to to use social media to get this out there and everything. And uh, if anybody's an expert on that, it's you. So go ahead, share it with us. Well, I I just really wanted to say, you know, what, um, and say thank you, Idella, for calling in and talking about calling regardless over the weekend if you can get through to a voicemail because it, it did come on us so quickly nobody knew what hit us. But we had sort of prepared when this um, went down last year, um, we made this list of Twitter tags that I published on my personal blog and right. I just reposted it on our members' blog. Some of those tags I just actually, while you guys were starting the show, and about it, it took me um, exactly like 39 minutes. If anybody's on Twitter and looks at my Twitter profile right now, you'll see that I just tweeted every single member of the Transportation Infrastructure Committee, um, both Democrats, everybody on that list, and then some from the Senate, the House, um, and a couple extra tags regarding this bill. So if you if you don't want to go through that list yourself, you can retweet what I wrote or at least get the tag of the person if they're from your state. But do make the calls, use the social media, post on their Facebook page, don't use profanity. Um, I, I called my representative, but I did call Peter DeFazio's office and talk to them for a while. And I wanted to I remind people that... When um, this happened last time with the Denim Amendment, I didn't really know that much about it, but, Don, I think you called me and said, oh, we we need to do this thing. So I got on social media, which is what I do, and I started um, saying uh, why – you can probably Google this, actually, because it still comes up. Um, what What does trucking have to do with aviation? And then I put, you know, get this language out. I did it over and over and over and over for for hours. Well, because of the hashtag that I used was politics in Congress or Senate or whatever, I change it. It was picked up in a in a trending field um, keyword. So there mm-hmm. are certain political groups that monitor those hashtags being used that's tr- when they're trending. And mm-hmm. so my little uh, ranting went, got picked up by The Hill, um, which is a publication oh, wow. that covers politics. So yeah. if you read the, the Hill, it quoted our organizational tag asking that question, what does the aviation bill have to do with trucking? And so they quoted it, and they did a screenshot of our Twitter tag, and that's what they took to Barbara Boxer, who's retired, unfortunately, and said, you know, what about this? And she said, oh, yeah, that language is crap. They've tried to slide it in before, and we saw – and so – um, the social media is really powerful, and if you use those hashtags um, correctly and you um, follow the lead, even if you don't really know how to do it, even if you don't have very many followers and you go retweet that, a lot of that activity gets picked up by these um, political monitoring blogs, journalists, what have you. And they're like, okay, right. these people are raising all kinds of cane. What is going on? 
And then that's how you get people to start asking questions. So that was sort of my point. So if you're sitting around this weekend, even though they're closed, social media is 24 hours a day, just get on there and retweet. Just get on there and touch those tags and go, oh, I know that senator. He's in my state. She's in my state or what have you. So if you see, um, I just tweeted directly about um, Jeff Denham and Deb Fisher, my last two tweets. And if, like you said, Donna, we had a very small, there's a small team of people we've gotten attention before. Right. So I we, think beat this. Everybody. We, we beat this. And um, the key is, um, to the hashtags, we're like, we've got um, hashtag Dems, hashtag uh, uh, GOP, hashtag politics. Um, what else are you using, uh, Desiree, on your tweets? Let me see. I'm looking I at use, your, your. I use, uh, um, yeah, I use Congress. I use FAA author- reauthorization, I, use I FAA see. FAA reauthorization because they're already using that. If you click that hashtag right now, Donna, if you're looking at Twitter, I'm, I'm you'll clicking. see there's yeah, other clicking. people that are talking about the FAA reauthorization bill. Okay. So, so will, we yeah, find this, will we find this information on Real Women in Trucking website then? Um, we have a page, Desiree. Mine's in a Word doc. My list of senators. Um, uh, and, I, I and published. I published the li- the Twitter tag list last year on truckerdesiree.com. It's in a PDF form that can be emailed to people, but you can cut and paste it, or you can just go on <sighs> my Twitter right now and touch the tag. That's really the easiest way because if you don't know how to do Twitter and you think that you're going to go look at any kind of list and figure out how to use Twitter in five seconds, it's not going to work. So the easiest way is go on Twitter, go to my profile, look down for the last two hours, probably not even that. I got home at, I think, 530 and got on the computer and see where my tweets to senators and congressmen started and when you click their tag, it'll go straight to their page. And then it'll, there's a little box there that says tweet to this person. Um, if you want to make up your own um, tweet or just retweet what I said, there's a little character. It's very simple. But the first step is you got to have a Twitter account and you need to log into it. Now, when me. you go to her, her timeline or our timeline, and we'll get back to you, Scott, because I want the information on your event. A lot of people are right. interested. Hello? But I just want to say, if you go to somebody's timeline, there's a choice, tweets, tweets and replies, and media. Click on tweets and replies, and then you can just re- retweet that little squiggly line underneath the tweet and just keep retweeting them. But you've first got to click on tweets and replies on the person. Mm-hmm. So if you go to Ask the Trucker on Twitter or Trucker Desiree, that's how we're going to be effective. So, so essentially, anyway. if you go make your Twitter tag, if you're on there, say you only got 10 followers or whatever, you go on there, you find my tag, go to tweets and replies, go down the list, just click retweet, retweet, retweet. It's right. going to generate that. It's going to it might not make you feel like you did anything, but it's going to keep hitting their tag every time their name gets hit. If a lot of people do that, they're going to be like, what is going on? 
Right. And they're going to look at it. And that's going to be um, as effective as the phone calls. So between that and the phone calls, um, I think we've got it. All right. Thanks, Desiree. Um, hey, Scott, I know um, let, uh, before we run out of time, boy, two hours goes fast. I can't believe it. Um, tell us all about now your event and uh, what people can do, your page, and what your goal is. Oh, he's on hold again. He just sent me a private message. Sorry, Scott. Oh, he must have dropped off. He dropped off. off. Okay. Now, and again, on Desiree, uh the founder of realwomenintrucking.com, and she's also uh, also on Blog Talk Radio as well. You can look up Women Truckers Network on Blog Talk Radio. And but let me find uh, who am I looking for, Scott? Uh, you got to go down the list. Oh, he's uh, four one nine. Here, okay, I got a whole bunch of them. Hold on. Uh, da, da, da. Okay, Scott, you're up. There. You're there. Yeah, I don't know why I got full signal, but it keeps kicking me off. Oh, it happens. Uh, go ahead. Uh, you want me to speak about the event, right? Uh. Yeah, tell us right? about the Washington D.C. Okay. Right, the Washington D.C. and what's going on. Well, uh, October third through the seventh, we're going to be protesting in Washington. Um, while we're protesting in Washington, uh, there'll be groups of us like Phil Killer Lane. Uh, there'll be Phil Killer Lane, myself, and Richard Wilson are going to be advocating at certain uh, congressmen and senators' offices while we're there. Um, I've got emails out right now trying to get together some sort of like a round table or a special hearing, uh, question and answer period, whichever, while we're down there as well. Um, I'm also reaching out to media contacts and trying to get those people on board uh, to maybe get a little uh, media attention while we're down there as well. Um, now, and working with that as well, uh, we are in uh, right now August 4th will be the start of it I am working with other people around the country and we're organizing smaller protests during the month of August because that will be when uh, summer recess is and we'll have more hopes in trying to gain attention by our senators during summer recess because they'll be back in their district um, more than likely um, so we're going to be starting August 4th. will be our first one at uh, McConnell's office in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, we'll be having our first mini protest there, and we'll be doing little protests building up to the protest in October. Now, we're what is your goal? Just Tell everybody what your goal. What your you know when you when you go out there, um, are people going to be going in their trucks? Are they going to be shuttled? Uh, are they going in their cars? Uh, let, you know, what it, I'm trying to picture it in my mind, um, how this that's, is going to happen. That's just what I was going into. <laughs> oh, okay, uh, great. <laughs> right now we've got, uh, I've been working with the owner at the Dozewell Truck Stop in Exit 98 off of 95 in Dozewell, Virginia. Uh, he's been kind enough to allow us to use that more or less for the staging area. Um, and that way people can park their trucks. They've got a safe haven. I'm also working with uh, Fairgrounds in Fredericksburg, Virginia, 
Um, that's still in the works. I don't have anything finalized on that yet, but using that as a place to create a safe haven for drivers when they get down there, because anybody that's been to Washington, D.C. knows that it's just not a truck-friendly town per se. Um, but with that being said, um, we're trying to work on raising money, um, which is why we have the T-shirts and the hats and the sweaters, the ELD or me apparel made up. Um, you know, if we've got almost 16,000 people on the page. We're in hopes that we can just sell 5,000 shirts or hats. Or well, well, that's we that's another do. thing I wanted to ask you about um, was uh-huh. how people can donate to this. Well, that that is our uh, way of donating. I mean, I guess if somebody just wanted to cut a check or something, we can work with that as well. No, but how can um, they buy the shirts? Really thought about that. I mean, we've oh, shared the, the link. Right. Uh, you go Where on can the they go to get a or, link? Okay. Okay. If you go to the ELD or Me page, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, we're posting the link at other places as well, um, just like you folks have shared it, and we appreciate that. Um, but if they're involved with the ELD or Me page, they can go to the pin post, and at the bottom of the pin post, the link that will take you to the online store. Um, okay. But here and over there, as long as you click on the link, uh, you know, I, and I've shared it probably 15 different trucker pages, you know, putting the word out there uh, as far as that for people that want to try to help. And the goal is is to raise enough money um, off of the shirt sales that we can afford to pay for buses to pick people up from the truck stop and get them to D.C. where we'll be protesting in front of the White House. Um, you know, and, and people are going to go, uh, we've got lots of people that, well, we should go drive around the Beltway. Well, you know, that's been tried before. And depending on who you talk to, some people say it was a success, and a lot of people say it wasn't a success. Um, You know, I think it would speak volumes by standing in front of the White House and protesting in unison together as a pack Um, Mm -hmm. and probably have a better chance of getting acknowledged. Um, Mm -hmm. The the, the analogy that I give a lot of people is – are you going to notice me if I'm driving around the block where your house is, or are you going to have more chance of noticing me if I knock on your front door? Right. I mean, if I knock on your front door, you're more than likely going to go, hey, there's somebody out there. So, you know, that's why we're doing what we're doing. It's different than anything that's been done in the past. Um, Will it work? I don't know. I have no reason to go off of it except for the fact of, you know, it, it seems to me, and from what other, when I explain it to other people, a lot of people seem to think maybe this is the best route to go. You know, if we're standing there in unison together. And I'm also working on other things. Uh, somebody mentioned something about donating a hog. I reached out to a friend in North Carolina about possibly coming up and cooking the hog uh, and getting people to donate items, getting water donated. Uh, things like that, even even if it's just, you know, 30 pounds of bologna or something, you know. Uh, we, we I plan to have support vehicles there to uh, pass out water, drinks, things like that while people are protesting. Um, but all at the same time, creating a safe environment for everybody as well, too. And, 
you know, we don't know how many people we're going to get. I mean, we blew up. In the first 34 hours, we went to 10,000 people in the group. Yeah, and we've been incredible. adding people ever since. Uh, right, right. Yeah, you know, I think the I mean, the main thing building. is to get the group out there. Do you have a website? Right. Well, we have the Facebook page, ELD or Me. Um, in fact, you have you Google thought about getting a website? Hmm. Uh, we was talking about it last week, and um, Tony was looking into it. Um, but no, at this time, we do not have a website. I mean, in fact, we've been staying pretty busy just with the Facebook page. Okay. So, uh, and, you know, not only that, uh, we we all, everybody that's involved with this has a lot on their plate. I mean, Tony's got his music, and he still tries to drive, plus he's helping out with this. Um, you know, and then there's me that's doing the advocating, plus, you know, i got a lot of things going on in my personal life right now. Uh and then I'm still trying to drive when my truck allows me. It's been being not so nice to me lately. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and trying to organize the event and everything else. Uh, I mean, with with the people that's involved, we've only, we're doing everything that we can do to, to make this a success within reason. I mean, sure, there's other things that we can, but the, the great thing about this, this, this is the best thing about this whole deal. And, you know, it's really humbling to know. And since we started, the people that have reached out to us to offer to try to help, whether it's compiling emails uh, and making emails for people to send or putting up copies of letters that you can send to your representative so that you can either copy and paste it to send to your representative or, you know, use it as a base so that you kind of have an idea of what to write to your senator, congressman, uh, you know, the people that are, you know, saying, "Hey, I'm bringing my four-wheeler down, and bringing my, I'm bringing the minivan, or I'm bringing the suburban, or I'm bringing a car." So if you need help getting people up to the event, you know, we'll be more than happy to help out. The the, the people that have jumped in to help and and, and offer to do things, it, it's it's just it's it's really humbling, and it, it makes me feel good, and it gives, it honestly gives me. When I when I when I got into this, I was really nervous. At, at first, I thought, you know, we're going to call for a protest, and people were probably just going to laugh us off. I, I didn't know if it was going to gain ground or not. But I was going to put the foot forward and try. And you know, the, the the response that we've had is just it's overwhelming. I mean, I can't put into words how it is. Well, I think there's a big difference. And first of all, let me just. Uh tell everybody um alan had to leave i'm going to close the show for him uh he had to uh uh, run off but anyway um i think the big difference scott is it's not a strike it's not a shutdown okay right it's a demonstration it's a protest it's 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 calling attention on something um important take notice and let and create awareness and that's a big difference because shut first of all shutdowns and um strikes they usually don't amount to anything okay because not enough people do them and people just you know they don't agree with it or whatever the reason is they don't seem to work however protests and demonstrations create crowds 
and awareness and people start noticing what are these people protesting do you agree with that i mean i've got everybody's line yes. open here what what do you think of that uh, yeah i mean it here's the thing uh 1979 was probably the best effort ever put forward in a trucker strike uh you had a lot more independence back then than you do now and you know this day and age we've got uh, depending on which statistic you look at, we've got right around 3 million over-the-road tractors alone. That doesn't include box trucks, hot shots, anything like that, uh, route drivers, trucks. Uh, but you got 3 million tractor trailers on the road every day. And with the amount of the, the, the companies out there that are, you know, not going to let you participate in something like this, it's a lot easier to bring people to one point and appear that we're doing something than try to do something nationwide where you're going to be so spread out people aren't going to notice you. Right, and I, that, I agree I mean, with ultimately that. To, ultimately, to get anything accomplished with this, we're going to have to have either A, President Trump involved, hence why we're going to the, pro, uh, the White House in hopes to maybe get his attention. Now, we don't know that he's going to be there, and we, but, you know, somebody's going to notice us. And we're going to have to have Congress involved. So, you know. Well, I think Congress is, is the ones who put it in there. So that's going to take kind of like. be the ones that have to take and get rid of it. Well, you know what? That was just what I was going to say. If Listen, most, um, most truckers voted Republican. Whether they're Republican or not, they voted about between 60 and 70 percent. They need to make these people accountable. For their vote, okay, and right. um, and and I think, you know, not only them, but also you want to contact the people who are already for you and make them aware. Just <laughs> kind of like a plan B. If if my guy well, doesn't raise his voice, I know I can get this one who is sticking up for fair wages. You see what I'm saying? Believe it or not, hey, it was actually. Members, uh, legislative aides of congressmen, senators, actually, that kind of started talking to me about doing the. Okay. And, you know, I wish, I really do, I really wish, because I know it would make people believers, so to speak, I guess. But if people, because you brought up safety earlier, and hours of service is a big issue. And, yes, the ELD and the hours of service issue are separate issues, but they are at the same time one issue in the same. Uh, the ELD definitely exposes the hours of service issue. Right, it does. But when when I explain, because they know that we're cheating on our logs, you know, that's no secret. Uh, but, you know, when I explain and I put it to them in situations that they can see every day themselves and understand, I wish I had was able to film my meetings down there so that people can see the looks on their faces and the reactions to the things that I tell them. And an example of that is, is you know, I'll sit there and I'll ask them, you know, because uh, a, a lot of us, you know, we so-called use flexibility on our logbook to be safer out here, not to be outlawed. And, you know, I sit there and I'll ask them, what is traffic like between 2 and 6 o'clock here in Washington? And every single one mm -hmm. of them tells me it's gridlock. I said, okay, mm -hmm. so why is it wrong for a driver to use safe judgment 
to say stop lying, Jay, or the pilot, or Dozewell Truck Stop, because they know when they get up to Washington, it's going to be a gridlock. You're going to lose out on your drive time trying to get through there. And, you know, what's wrong with him stopping for, you know, three, four, five hours, taking a nap, getting him a decent meal, uh, getting a shower, just taking himself out of the scenario of being in the traffic. And by taking himself out of the scenario, you reduce the risk of having a truck-related accident. And you reduce the risk of putting firefighters, EMS, all those guys, the the police at risk. Because if you do get in a truck-involved accident during that time, then you have to try to get those people there. And then traffic's still trying to move. So you're putting those people at risk by being out there during the rush hour. Whereas if the guy just took three, four, five hours off and took an, you know, got some beat, got a shower, took a couple hour nap, he's more alert, he's not fatigued, and he can buzz right on through there at seven, eight o'clock at night and move on down the road. And every single one of them has looked at me and they're like, Wow, we we never we never thought of that. And, you know, and I tell them, I said, Well, you know, it's kinda like if you got a toothache, are you gonna go to a dentist or are you gonna go to a mechanic and that thinks he knows how to take care of it? And it's those those issues that I present to them, and how the the ELD now, uh, the ELD now has created a parking problem, and it's put a hurt on the truck stops as well. And, and that's you know, that's one of the most that's I think one of the worst things. I mean, there's many. I don't know if it's the worst, but the parking situation. Uh, which um, Desiree has been a big part of over uh, Real Women in Trucking of the Truck Parking Coalition to try to fix that. Um, uh-huh. I, I think it's going to be a nightmare with the with the enforcement of ELDs. Just a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it. Sorry. Well, no, that's okay. You know, I was just going to ask Desiree. We've only got a couple of minutes, and I just wanted you to be able to. Um, to talk a little bit about the Ask a, a Trucker over at GATS. Ask, I mean, Ask a Trucker. Ask a Lawyer. Are you? Yeah, there you are. Just a quick, a quick overview. You're talking well, to Desiree or me? Oh, I Hello? know that all these old. Oh, okay, Pat. I just opened Did up you your know? microphone too. I I didn't realize they were all closed. See, I, Alan left yeah. me here at the switchboard. Can you okay, hear me? Okay, I got. It. Yes. Yeah, that's right. You're um, on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had um, everybody. Well, I had everybody off. No wonder I'm thinking. Oh, yeah. Gee, nobody's saying anything. Um, yeah. That's, but uh, very quickly, I just want to say I was in Texas a couple weeks ago, and somebody that knows me from social media, they're building two truck stops in their town. It happens to be the corridor from Giddings, Texas or I'm sorry, Austin, Texas to Houston, which goes through Giddings, Texas. And she picked me up and brought me to this meeting of planning commission for the Highway 290 expansion. She's heard me talk about truck parking and social media for years and was like, I really want you to talk to her. I've talked to her about these two travel plazas and talked to her about what truckers need. She brought me to this meeting and I got to meet these city commissioners and people from the uh, Capitol in Austin and all these different people. And I brought up the ELDs. And I brought up um, the truck parking shortage. And, you know, everybody in that room was like, oh, my gosh, we had no idea. And three of the men in there used to be truck drivers. 
And there, I said, if you think that you're seeing those trucks parked on the side of the road is a problem now, it's going to be a big problem in December, and you need to plan ahead before you have urban sprawl here. And it was like, it was it was really ups- it was it was a pleasure to be able to bring that news to this community, but it was sad because we're this far into it and they didn't even know this was happening. Right. So I that's what I'm people talking. they really need to get. They really, really need to get involved locally and take the time out to go to these meetings. But at the GATS, yes, Great American Truck Show in August, we have the Ask a Lawyer Q&A, 10 a.m. Friday, August 25th in a meeting room. It's up on our website, realwomenintrucking.org, and we are having a lady truck driver discussion panel on the main exhibit floor also at 4 o'clock on that same Friday. And um, Pat? I think maybe you're planning a little meeting. Well, we had we're, we really haven't talked about it too much, but yeah, we'd like to possibly anybody that's going to the Q and A have a, we we've got the room for another hour or so afterwards. So yeah, hey, uh, uh, hey, we, um, why don't we linger and kind of sit around and talk about things? ELDs, drivers' pay, exactly. All of the issues and, I and, think, um, hey, um, Scott, are you going to Gats? Yeah. You can be a part of that um, if there's See, time there after go. the Ask a Trucker uh, thing that you can you can open up a discussion about the ELDs. I would love to, but my wife's due date is August 26th, and I think I would be divorced if I went to Gats. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you've got 16,000 but... <laughs> people. You've got 16,000 people in that group. You you need to – somebody from there can go and start this Tony discussion. How about Justice come join us, huh? Well, you know, if he comes oh. two weeks early, then maybe I can make it down there. Uh, you mean the baby? Just, yes. Yep. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and I like the idea. I really wanted to go to Gats because – I think that would be a prime time to try to, you know, get people involved down there. And the people that there's a lot of people not on Facebook. I mean, we've got flyers being handed out. Uh, we got drivers that are printing that, that. That's another thing. You can take the Uncle Sam thing off the top of the ELD or me page. You can print it off. You can get four of those on a sheet of paper, and you can right. print them up, and you can hand those out to drivers while you're out there, and it's got the info on it. But you know, there, there's another elephant in the room. And I know it's kind of off topic of the the GATS thing, and I apologize, but there was not an economic impact study done on the ELD mandate. In fact, uh, ATRI is going to be doing something that kind of touches on that. It's one of their top priority researches for the year. Um, and In fact, there's a lot of top priority researches that I think should have been done in two years ago. But um, And I can't back my facts up with only the fact that using common sense and from getting out there and actually talking to company owners. The impact of the ELD on average is costing people about one load a week. And I even presented this down in Washington. Is one load a week really making us that outlaw when I put it to you in the terms of how we operate safely while we're on the road? And they actually sat there and told me no. Now, if you was talking three, four loads a week, that would be a different story. But one load a week 
on average for people losing as a company. Now you take one load a week and you look at the broker board, your average average load comes between five hundred and a thousand dollars. You take the median of that at seven hundred and fifty dollars a load and you take that just times the three million over the road trucks that's on the road times fifty weeks out of the year because nobody puts a true fifty two in, that comes to a hundred and so hundred twelve point five or hundred twenty two. I don't have my paper in front of me. But it's it's a hundred and I think it's $122.5 billion loss in a $715 billion industry. Now, does that mean that's the figure it's going to be? No, that's just trying to use common sense to figure it up. But even if we have a 60 or $70 billion loss, what's the impact of that going to be on the economy? Not just trucking. Well, and, and, you know, these are the things that, you know, we, we, we really need to have a follow-up show. I'm going to tell you, they're going to cut us off in about 30 seconds. Uh, because we had a two-hour show planned. Um, before they mm-hmm. do, uh, Scott, I'd like you to tell people how they can uh, reach you to get involved in this, and um, and then you know from there we can we could always do another show. Maybe get you and Tony on together. They can Facebook ELD or me, or they can find me on Facebook at the Trucking Advocate Scott Reed, the Trucking Advocate. Um, but the ELD or me is the page that we have for the Facebook uh, for okay, people great. to get the information about the protest. Okay. Well, I want to thank everybody uh, for for joining us tonight. I know they're going to cut us off any any second now. Uh, we're going to um, – well, I can't even end. I wanted to play Brothers of the Highway. It's my favorite song. But I want to thank everybody. Uh, next show will be um, either Thursday or Saturday. We'll be posting it. We're going to have Desiree on or Mark Ballard. We have a couple of uh, a couple of uh, different things we have to check with other people's schedule. So we just want to thanks, thank everybody for, for coming on tonight. All right. <laughs> You've been listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. On behalf of Alan and Donna Smith, AskTheTrucker.com, TruckingSocialMedia.com, NorthAmericanTruckingAlerts.com, BlogTalkRadio, and Ask the Trucker Live. I'm J. Michael Collins. Until next time, drive safe and thanks for listening.